Guys, welcome to Branded, where we talk about branding with the biggest names in the business, and we're lucky enough to have arguably the greatest GM in sports, Brian Cashman of the Yankees. Welcome, Brian. It's glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Now, you've won six pennants, you've won four World Series, but you're having fun and you constantly fuck with people. So I've looked <laughs> this up. There's a couple articles. You've given out fake lottery tickets one, one time to your 18-year-old niece, I heard, which is terrible. Um, you've shocked people with electric pens. You put fart machines in opposing dugouts. But my favorite is when you sent Mariana Rivera a fake IRS letter telling him he owed millions in taxes. Uh, it was priceless. All of them are, you know, priceless. I mean, it, it's those countless, uh, you know, examples of things that, <laughs> you know, as, it, when you're working 24-7 like you do here in the baseball industry, like we all do, you need to have, you know, a, a, an area of relief. So, yeah, I'm constantly coming up with things. It just comes to me and then usually I pull some people around and they're like, oh, yeah, let's do this. We got to do this. And so, boom, you know, it's a lot of a lot of fun. You got to you got to laugh while you're working hard. Do you uh, do you have any that that aren't on the Internet that you just love that never made it to uh, to the press or anything? Like, is there just a crazy one, even if it's when you were a kid? Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I, I don't I mean, most of them get out there for the most part. I mean, like last <laughs> not this year. You know, this was in one of the newspaper articles, but this past playoff the previous year, our coaches were going at it with uh, the sign stealing stuff with the Houston Astros and people were calling each other out with on fight stuff. Uh, so we won game one in Houston last year, and, but there was a lot of uh, shit talking going on. So Phil Nevin, our third base coach with their hitting coach. And so the next day I showed up and I, I grabbed the visiting clubhouse manager who's an Astro employee. We're in Houston. And I said, do me a favor, man. I was like, tell Phil Nevin, he's in the lunchroom eating right now. Tell him that uh, the Astros coach he was John with is outside and said, you know, because Nevin said, I'll meet you anytime, anywhere. Tell me he's outside the clubhouse in the hallway and he wants to talk to him. And so I was sitting out there with my smartphone with the manager, Aaron Boone, who I pulled in on it, you know, to watch him walk out. And Nev was, it was funny. Nev was walking out like he was Vince McMahon ready to go, you know, and uh, we had it all videotaped and, you know, we just started roaring, laughing. It just kept us all loose. Nev, Nev took it in stride, but he plans to get back at me, so. It's funny because um, <laughs> we're doing this. You saw the light go across. That was Brooklyn. So, how many followers does Brooklyn, your dog, have on Instagram? Thirty uh, k. <laughs> Incredible. But uh, that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. It's pretty embarrassing <laughs> for the real life human beings that have less than that. I guess. I know it's. Uh, she's she's quite the handful. But yeah. Uh, so basically, from the story you just told me, they he thought that he was coming out ready for a fight. That's that's what was going down. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> man, we're just sitting there, and on the, and the fake lotto tickets are fun. I remember I got, uh, you know, Nick Squisher. He was a player for us. He's making yeah. at the time. I think he was probably making about fifteen million dollars a year. And uh, and I came in with you know those like lotto tickets you can buy like at a gas station or a convenience store or whatever and scratch you off. And and this one was these fake instant winter lotto, lotto tickets. So I'm like, hey, guys, I pulled over, got some gas, pulled out a lot of, you know, let's see if you get lucky today. Here's one. So he's, he scratches off, and it's automatically going to win. And he's like, holy, you know, he's, shit, I won, I won. He's going, this guy's making $15 million. He's loaded. He's a great guy. And next, you know, he's like a kid on Christmas just opening up a present. And he starts running up and down the clubhouse. I won $50,000. I won $50,000. And uh He's like, how do I collect? I'm like, turn it on over and read it. And uh, and on the back, the directions of how to collect the money is the big reveal. And it's just so funny how they artistically wrote it. 
basically, you know, the joke's on you. And, and, uh, and all of us had a chance to watch him melt right then and there knowing he just got pranked. Are you guys back in the office now or are people still working from home? Uh, mostly everybody's remote. I mean, there's a, a you know, I, I come in with a, a very few people. I'm the only person in baseball ops here, uh, but the director of the stadium operations is here. We still have the soccer team, NYFC, plays here. They got a game, I think, Sunday, but it's very limited. Uh, we're at probably 10 capacity of people showing up. Everybody else is is remote or, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, there's some people even furloughed. So, so how have you been messing with people since March? People are at home. I'm sure you get bored. You want to you want to fuck with people. What have you been doing? You know, I don't think I've had something that materialized here recently, but I had some, I've had a few things percolate in my mind, um, <laughs> but I haven't, you know, haven't deployed them yet. So I can't, I can't give that up just yet, but I've had a couple ideas come my way here in the last uh, week, but I haven't had a chance to deal with that yet. How are, how are you guys like, um, since you can't be together, how are you doing your training and doing, do you have like camp set up where they have to quarantine? Cause I know you guys had like the bubble um, that you guys had to stand. Is that, is that how you're doing everything? Well, now we're shut down. I mean, obviously we were quarantined in the bubble as we were playing. We were one of the good teams. We got made it to the playoffs. We beat Cleveland in the first round and got ourselves out of Cleveland out to San Diego, California. And unfortunately Tampa Bay took us out and then they, uh, they went on to the world series against the Dodgers. And, um, and so now we're in the shutdown mode. Uh, it's the winter. There's a recovery period. Uh, it's free agencies just started in the last uh, few days. Um, so my winter program is going to be, you know, trying to retain the players that are free agents that we want to retain. Uh, we'll talk trade with other clubs. My job as general manager is obviously put the team together and, you know, within a budget and we're still dealing with ownership about what that budget is and stuff. So there's a recovery period for the players now go home, relax. They had a hard, long stretch here with their, with our team being away from their families, but, uh, but they'll start training soon for the upcoming season. And they'll, if we're back to normal spring training starts uh, mid February. So those guys are hanging out, just relaxing, but this is your go time, right? You've got to figure out who am I keeping? What trades can I make? You're probably talking to other GMs all the time, right? Yep. Uh, my entire week this week was our pro scouting meetings and then engaging all these other general managers about, all right, what are you looking to do? What are your team needs? Here are my team needs. And then, you know, that's where I'll, sometimes the magic can come where you can come up with some, some ideas that were, you know, if I give you this, can you give me that and, and maybe find higher ground. Wow. Of all the trades you've done, do you think you've come out ahead of the game? If you, if you stack them all together, all the trades you've made over your career, you know, have you, have you gotten more than you've lost? I hope so. I mean, I've, I've been in the job now for 22 years, so I've, you know, I've had some fortune, I think, along the way. But I've, I've made some good moves and I've made some bad moves. And hey, we got Yankee fans. They'll tell you, they'll tell you loud. You know, uh, when you make a mistake, that you know, you don't really, you don't really get the same longevity on the good ones as you do when you, when you're feeling it on the bad ones. As you know, you, you guys are on social media and you're getting, you, you get that hate pretty strong when, uh, when people have, uh, when they get yeah. upset and they come after you. Griffin, right. you, can you relate to that at all? Uh, yeah, that that brings up a good question. Like, so so you have the brand of the Yankees basically in your hands, right? Because you're the one building the team. People watch. Like, you're the guy. Like, you're the guy they come to if if the Yankees have a bad season. So, like, whenever you do, whenever you have a bad season, like, how do you think about like, um, you know, long term? Like, what do you? Is it is it kind of like strategic? Like, we need pitchers. We need this. Like, and you're making these trades. Like. What goes through your mind whenever you're trying to build a team and why you've been able to do it so successfully? 
Well, essentially, you got to work with what you got and then try to improve with what you have. And then the marketplaces aren't, it's it's not like, hey, if I have an obvious need here and, and if the marketplace, it might not be as attainable. So um, you just kind of work with what's available in the trade market, free agent market. And, 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 you know, I have a crew that we strategize with that really help along the way. So essentially, I'm, I, I don't own the club. So the owners are the Steinbrenner family and, and I'm the general manager. So, so if things don't, you know, and when, Things have gone really well here for a long time, but yeah, you unless you have a chance, you know, it doesn't go as perfect as you want, and that's when they come after you anyway. So now, uh, this show is about branding, and you guys are the premier, really, sports brand, you know, across all four yeah, sports. Really, if you think about it, um, is there a Yankees way, or is there a mentality? You know, when you look at a player, you look at that player and go, "He's not a Yankee. He may have great stats. He may be, you know, a ridiculous player, but he's not a Yankee." Is that a thing? I mean, I, there's not a definition of what a Yankee is, but obviously what, you know, uh, what we'd want a Yankee. First and foremost, we do have rules. So if you have somebody that's that's a, a big, hairy monster, you know, in, in another environment, you know, they're going to have to cut their hair to come here and play in the pinstripes. You is know? that so, still you know, true? We, we have rules. You can't. That's, that? that's still true because I know in the 70s that was a big deal. Like everybody the had hair. beards and mustaches, yeah. but they couldn't do it on the Yankees, right? Yeah. That's still Still can't thing? do it. So, like, obviously – yeah, it's still a rule in play. You can't have a beard. Uh, you can't have a Fu Manchu. You can have a mustache, but you can't have anything below the lip. You can't have hair growing down the back end, and you got to be clean cut. It's you know, it comes from George Steinbrenner's world. Uh, so you're 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 cut. Co- you're both covered, right? So it's like <laughs> hey, if good. either of you were playing for us, you would be good. It is I November. Good. Oh wait, good that's right. You got to shave. <laughs> you know what? I wasn't looking actually. You got you'd have to shave. You, uh-huh. you, I would come in. This is what I would do. If you were playing for me right now, I'd walk into the training room before the game at the clubhouse. I'm like, hey, man, how's your shoulder? And then you'd give me a look of bewilderment. And like, it's fine. Why? I'm like, well, I assume you got a sore shoulder because clearly you can't get the razor up to your face to shave. Get that shit off. (laughs) (laughs) So so that's how it works, you know, in our world. um, You know, you kind of remind people in a playful way about what, you know, the rules are. And I got to enforce the rules on behalf of the ownership for my team manager, which is Aaron Boone, who does a tremendous job. Obviously, you have to have those conversations, but uh, but they do exist. But the Yankee way is about, you know, trying to, you know, be professional, uh, you know, give it your all on the field, clearly, you know, trying to back it up with performance and then, um, you know, engage the media in the proper way because they're the extension to our fans and, and represent. You know, we want to put championship caliber baseball on the field and win a lot of games and hopefully be a world champion again. That's quite simply, I guess, the framework. And yeah. and the one thing this brand stands for is excellency. I mean, the one it doesn't guarantee success like anything in life, but what you can guarantee you're going to get from the Yankees is a championship caliber effort and something to be proud to 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 follow. That's crazy. I, I you know everyone knows the Yankees. It's I've known about the Yankees since I was a kid. Um, it's like I never knew that you had to shave in like your hair. Like I've always you know I've watched a ton of games but I've never noticed that no one has a beard and like long hair. Like you see it in baseball on other teams. So you don't really think about it. But now every time I'm going to watch the Yankees, I'm going to be looking to like, uh, does he have long hair? Does yeah. he have a beard? You're going to text Cashman. If you see something out of line, <laughs> I'll be like, yo, <laughs> your boy, five o'clock shadow, second base, man. Get on it. Yeah. I hear it from, I hear it from ownership already. So uh, by the time your text comes through, I probably would have heard it already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, they're that strict, huh? They're like, yo, you got to tell him to shave right now. It's like yeah. third inning. He's like, 
Well, it, it depends if they're if they're playing well. I might not get the phone call, but if they're not playing well, then I'm definitely getting a phone call. <laughs> uh, so. What about like weird, you know, baseball players are superstitious or, you know, um, superstitious. And I know a lot of guys are weird about their hats and stuff. Like they want to wear the same hat no matter how much sweat and shit's on it. They want to wear that hat because they're on a streak or something. Are you guys weird about that too? Like it's got to be presentable. can't have all sweat stains and stuff like that in it. No, I mean, we're good on that stuff. I mean, we've, yeah, but players definitely have their own personal, you know, things that they do and and how they do it so uh, uh but I, I don't like uh, listen I, i've gotten to the point where i've realized that there's nothing that i can do whether i uh you know walk backwards on the day we won i'm not gonna walk backwards every day one has nothing to do with the other but but uh but players definitely you know are superstitious and you know uh, i remember jason giambi uh who played for us he had a he had what he called a rally thong i remember seeing it hanging in his locker and it had it had flames on the side of it and it was just a wild looking thing. It was, and I'm like, dude, what is that? And he goes, that's my rally thong. He's like, when I get, he's like, I wear that and I get a lot of hits and, and, and sometimes when one of my teammates is in a slump, I pass it along and say, Hey man, you got to put on the rally thong and you'll break out of that slump. And I'm like, and people do that. And I remember so saying, Oh yeah. He's like, so it's a lot of crazy stuff that happens. out Playing there. baseball. They play baseball in a thong. In somebody else's well, in, thong. Under your, under your uniform yeah. pants. Yeah. yeah. So nobody knows that these grown men are wearing a thong. Like, imagine they're like standing, you know, because white pants. And yeah. you just see like a the outline. It's just a red flame. flame. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of crazy stuff. What are some other superstitions? Like, what are some of the wildest ones you've seen? Yeah. Is there like anything crazy that you've just seen? It's just like off, the, like, I don't know. I've seen a lot of things with, with people, I think. Um, in, in like fifth or sixth grade, there was this kid that would always go out and he would, he would get grasshoppers and he had like a Ziploc baggie with grasshoppers. And like, every time he would like do bad on a test, he would get a grasshopper and put it in the bag. I don't know what it was, but like he said, if like he put the grasshoppers in his bag, he would get good grades. Did the grasshoppers die? Obviously. Yeah. They were just stale. Like they would like fall <laughs> apart in the bag. It was like legs wings like it was weird I so don't know. bag full of dead grasshoppers yeah it was really weird i don't understand it but is there anything crazy wow. like that <laughs> not that i know of and thankfully thankfully no i mean uh, <laughs> so but it, trust me there's got to be some really wild stuff that goes on i mean but you, you just see a little different things people have their different you know ticks or or what have you i remember when willie randolph this small stuff willie randolph when he played for us back in the eighties, you know, at the back end of his career, I remember him always, uh, hitting a, a little Nike sneaker booty. I think it was something like that, that he would hit. And it was, I think from his, uh, son or daughter, uh, it was one of their, you know, from them when they were born. So, and then Nike, I guess, designed it or something like that. So he just hit it for good luck on the way out. We had a pitcher, AJ Brunetti had, he had a, he was a pitcher that started every five days. So he had this fit, uh, like a, a, a statue face that was in his cl uh, club, uh, his uh, locker room in the clubhouse. And on the days he wasn't pitching, it was turned one way, which was really smiley looking face. But the days he was pitching, he turned it and it had this like scowling looking face. And I guess he used that as a way to like, Hey, this is where I'm transforming into some <laughs> monster animal on the mound. You know, you just, well, you, you pick up little nuances like that, you know, and some people were just, no, I'm good. Just, uh, I'm going to suit up and go out and, and give it my all. And it's just, they keep it simple, but other people, 
you know, find motivation other ways too. You know, I was just thinking superstitions. A lot of guys have weird things that they wear these giant necklaces and stuff and they yeah. kiss and all that. Can Yankees wear those thick rope necklaces that some of the guys wear? Yes and no. So yes, uh, you're allowed by our team rule is something like one chain and, you know, can't be, you know, it's got to be under the jersey, but they swing out and stuff like that. But you don't see the wild multiple chains and stuff. We don't, yeah, that's not a lot of it. And then we have rules of uh, no nose ring, no nose studs in game. You know, um, I remember we acquired somebody in a trade one time and, and uh, it was Andrew McCutcheon and he would wear a nose stud. And, uh, and we never actually had this rule before we had rules about body piercing, but nothing specifically about the nose. It was my first experience there, but he was really cool. I was like, Hey man, it's like, is there any way that you could remove that? And you kind of have a policy, you know, that's now evolving because we never really had a player with a nose stud before. And, and so uh, he was like, yeah, no problem. I got a plastic uh, replacement. I can stick in while we're, the game's going on. And he was awesome about it. I remember we traded for a guy or claimed a guy in waivers that had massive dreadlocks. And I was like, Oh, I was like, man, I'm sorry, but we have to, we have a rule here and we're going to have to cut those dreads. And he's like, Oh no. He, he told me, I can't remember how long he told me it took like years to grow that length. And then, um, and then within like 72 hours and made another trade. So he cut them. And then 72 hours later, I got rid of them <laughs> because of the roster oh, change. And I, to this dude. day, I feel, I still feel horrible by that. Oh. That was sometime in the nineties, late nineties, maybe. And, uh, and he was awesome. He came in. I, uh, I can't remember who it was now. Oh, and, my. Uh, and yeah, with because a lot of times rosters change a lot. So he had to comply with our company policy. And he did without issue. He did with a polite complaint of, man, took a while to grow these. And then 72 hours later, he was gone because of a, I got another player that was better. Do you get any divas? I'm sure, you know, professional athletes, some can be divas. Do you get any like push back on these rules or people just, Hey, I'm going to play for the Yankees. That's how it is. I got to play by the rules. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, we've, we've had some healthy dialogue <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, and ultimately I think if people want to, you know, uh, play here, this is, you know, there's certain things that they, this is, we, we would like to argue that this is one of the best places to play. I mean, this New York city is awesome. Um, the fan, you know, the, the house is packed. Uh, our attendance is off the chart, uh, the highest in the league for home games and, typically the highest on the road. So when the Yankees on the road, we're like, you know, the super deluxe, who's the, the, the greatest band currently uh, when there wasn't a pandemic selling out all over the world, you know, the Yankees are one of those brands that do that. And so if you want to play on the big stage in front of the most people and, and get all the glory that comes with that, if, especially if you're successful, yeah, you're going to have to, you know, you have to comply with a couple of uh, minor rules, so to speak, but I do get pushed back. You know, it's wild. You talked about the Yankee brand too. I was thinking about, you know, you go back, you go back a hundred years, you know, I'm not a baseball expert or anything, but like you have Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, and then you go all the way through the sixties with Mantle, and then you kind of go through Mattingly years and stuff. And then you go through the championship years with you guys. I mean, you guys have been doing it big for a hundred years. Yeah. I mean, uh, listen, we got a lot to live up to. I mean, uh, we're proud of our history, but then that history brings pressure with it. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, especially when George Steinbrenner brought this team and and took it to a whole nother level and then created its own, you know, uh, RSN, a regional sports network called the S Network. And, you know, it's really it's hard to improve on, you know, when when you have a history of Babe Ruth and Yogi Berra and Joe DiMaggio and Lou Gehrig and those types. And then you add to it when you you know, have the guys like a Derek Jeter and multiple, you know, Mariano Rivera and 
and uh, at all. I mean, there's player after player. So one thing that that the Yankees do deliver on is you're going to have some pretty high end star player names and then some high end teams to contend with. And so every year, our fans, I think, really do have a chance to believe that this year could be a year that we add something special, another trophy to the trophy case. We've been close. Um, but you know, you know, we, uh, this year we were game five knocked out before the ALCS last year, we were knocked out two games away from the world series last year. So every year we're, you know, you gotta be good. You gotta be lucky. You gotta be healthy. And, and, uh, and so we've got to get that trifecta in line. You know, it has to be a magical year. And so far we've been, we've fallen a little short, but we're still proud of, uh, the teams we've been putting out there regardless. You know, you mentioned Derek Jeter and Griffin. This is something you can absolutely relate to. I am fascinated by his personal brand. Now, Derek was notorious for being with really every hot woman in the world, right? For years and years and years. But you never heard any bad things about him. There was never, you know, a crazy ex that came out and went to TMZ and said nasty things about him. His image was untouched. I mean, do you... It's impressive. Why was the, why, are you yeah, looking that, at, why are you looking at... Griffin. Well, because Griffin's with every hot girl in Los Angeles. He's working his way worldwide. <laughs> but 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 it's usually with Griffin, it's usually out there public. <laughs> well, you see, the thing is, is I don't understand. I think it it has to be like a, a celebrity thing. I because I don't understand. Yeah, I I mean I don't know him personally, but he must be one hell of a guy. No, he's an amazing individual. And also, in fairness to Griffin. The, the space he was operating in, you know, I think in terms of social media and, True. and you know, it was still, it was just really evolving back then. So he, he probably missed that, that, uh, that he, where he got it into the very back end of the window, but, but he was, you know, really respectful. And then the press really respected him. And, and yet his stuff, you know, him dating people that necessarily wasn't a secret, but then there wasn't the, you know, any of the juicy, stuff that came out regarding whatever may have happened or didn't happen it you know the false there wasn't really false stories true stories there really wasn't many stories outside of he no. may be dating somebody yeah and i know that's yeah he take he's notes, the master Griffin. take notes yeah do you he's the master now <laughs> i need to get older and, I, and and to tell you how great he was so obviously not only is a hall of famer you know he was supposed to go in the hall of fame this year but the covid uh interrupted the induction but but so he was a hall of fame baseball player and and that was one dream he had now his second dream is to own a team and so he owns the miami marlins and they just made the playoffs this past year so he's still living the dream and he's married with uh, with uh i believe two kids now and you know so he's he's got a life that most people would love to have and how he's gone about it and most people would love to to, to be proud to say that That's they're crazy. living that type of life so That's, griffin there's hope for you maybe you'll own a team someday <laughs> Yeah, I guess you never know. I, I don't even know how to go around that. Um, I think I'd rather well, just... You got to make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> well, Brian, you've, I mean, you've come, you're a baseball lifer. So could you ever imagine when you were starting out, the players would make enough money to be able to buy a team? Like that wasn't even an option for most of baseball history. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, the, but that's a, you know, all boats rise on a high tide, right? You know, and so, uh, so the industry has continued to exponentially grow and, and, uh, in certain cases, like a player like Derek, a superstar, you know, they were able to, you know, maximize value while they're playing. Cause they're given this God given talents only on borrowed time. So unlike an actor or an actress, they, they, you know, they have that ability to go all the way, you know, for, you know, say 60 years of, uh, in that space where, but, a 
professional athlete has a smaller window clearly and uh, they could be injured out or they could be aged out essentially at some point you know if they're good enough to get to the highest level and you know you know that's going to happen so Derek did everything right and uh, and continues to obviously do so now he's owning a team and you know so you know the rest of us we're going to continue to focus on being the best we could be in the space we're at right yeah let let it go and Way to go, Dick. You're kind of in a similar space as a young professional athlete, right? Because all you guys are making big money now at a young age. Mm-hmm. Were that worth by 30? I mean, it's a lifetime away for you, but by the time you're 30, who knows what you know you'll be up to and what your following's up to. So Brian no and Griffin, do you see people? I'm sure Brian, you've seen this and you've seen this too. Young people that are making big money that you just shake your head and you go, This you know this guy's gonna be broke in five years. <laughs> I see that a lot. Well, in some cases, you know, sometimes instead of uh, being, you know, smart early and, and, and building a nest egg or whatever you see right away in the first check, they get, you know, a, you know, Rolls Royce or what have you. And, they, you know, all of a sudden it's like instant fame and fortune. It can change people. I mean, I, I've been around, you you know, again, being in the position I am, you sign a player uh, internationally as a, as a teenager where you draft a kid domestically. And they and then they go through your farm system and they start w- working their way up the ladder and not making any money because what most people don't realize is how difficult it is to be a, a professional baseball player, especially in the minor leagues, not making much money. But uh, but it takes a long time to push through. We had a catcher, backup catcher this year, Kyle Higashioka. He's out there from California and uh, took him ten years in the minor leagues to establish himself. And boom, you know uh, now he's in the big leagues and so he can make some money finally. Uh, but yeah, you got to be careful about making sure you you do right by your your money because obviously it's over quick when it's when it ha- happens. So um, time will tell. Griffin, what's the wildest stuff you've seen in in your world with all these kids making huge money? Oh my goodness, um, I've seen uh, some kids make you know probably five hundred thousand dollars in the past year, and they have maybe twenty k in their bank. So <laughs> what are they doing? Dude, just like designer clothes and chains and cars and, you know, whatever. Buying food and booze or whatever every day, it just adds up, man. They think they have all this money, and then every check they get, they're, like, buying, like, the next thing. Like, they they, they make forty k on a brand deal, so they go out and buy, like, $40,000 worth of stuff or $30,000. Um, i have seen a lot of kids, especially from TikTok, because they're so young, and they just get all that money, and it's just, boom, gone. Like where where all yeah, go? <laughs> yeah, we do. We we definitely have an educational component from the Yankees in that we share with our athletes about you know try to you know especially the ones coming from the international side where they're coming to learn a new language, how to how to use a, a checking account, a savings account, and trying to be smart about your everyday life and your decision making. You, you know, we're trying to we're trying to build great players, but we're trying to build you know sustainable uh, people at the same time. And, and and so they're in a position to make smart choices, but they have family, they have agents as well that hopefully can serve them the same way. But yeah, there are definitely too many of those stories. I have, um, so I, I played baseball my whole life um, growing up and stuff. And one thing I want to ask you about is, is there actual rivalry between you guys and the Mets? Uh, well, yeah, there are crosstown rivals, no doubt about it. Ah. Uh, speaking, speaking of which, I mean, I noticed, uh, I noticed on your social media platform, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're wearing some Met swag here and there. Um, what's that all about, my friend? I mean, the only, the only stuff you should be flying is Yankee stuff. Well, um, I guess, uh, send it out then. I'll wrap well, you the got Yankees. it, man. 
I will I will definitely make sure that you uh you're outfitted properly as you move <laughs> forward and stuff. And I see and I see most of the time that you're you're in the gym. So you look you look pretty jacked, you know, in the in the gym. Uh, you, you you get after it pretty good and you played baseball? Yeah. I uh I've, since I was like 6, maybe even younger, 5, 6, somewhere around there. Were you any good? Um yeah, I I would say I, I was decent growing up. I I never ended up, I went into nursing school and I, you know, I, I hurt my shoulder and stuff. So I never really got to, to finish that out, but I, I definitely always loved baseball for sure. What position? Um, I played, I mean, growing up, I played everywhere. I started off, um, you know, second base, I mixed around in a center field and stuff and, in, in um, high school and, and I pitched. So pitching well, was like, hey. Pitching and uh, pitching and second base were like the main, but high school it's a little different. You know, when you get to college, you kind of pick one thing. Um, but I ended up getting hurt and everything, so um, yeah, I didn't well, end up finishing out. Well, I'm gonna definitely send you some Yankee swag, and uh, man, I got a challenge for you. I'll have I have a scout work you out, and we'll 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 test that uh, uh, test that level of baseball ability and see Whoa. see what goods you got. If you're up for that challenge, I guess, uh, I mean, I don't even know. I I guess I better start training then. I'm going to have to tell my, my trainer in the gym. It's like, yo, I better put on 20 pounds then. (laughs) No, the one thing about baseball, as you know, they come in all sizes. You could be, you could be small (laughs) like Altuve or big, like Aaron judge and Giancarlo Stanton. And and either way you could be a superstar. And so, um, but yeah, man, I'll, right. I'll send you some Yankee gear. You you start knocking the rust off, and we'll we'll uh, we'll put you to the test. I'll send a scout your way, and we'll evaluate what you got. All right, I uh, I, I better go take some hacks out in the out in the yard today, then, huh? Well, Brian, I got a question for you. So, his current schedule of sleeping till noon, waking up, working out with his buddies, and then dating one of the many. Hollywood starlets out there uh, and then staying out all night. Is that the life of a minor league baseball player? Could he relate to that lifestyle? <laughs> uh, well, maybe the off season, but in season, you know, <laughs> so in season, I would say it's a little bit more difficult, but no, I mean, I've been up every day at 8 a.m. for the past two and a half weeks <laughs> for two and a half weeks. Okay. Wow. I'm on a new schedule. Well, I've been working out. Um, now I'm definitely going to be working out because I have to Im- impress the, the greatest team in baseball of all time. So um, how many, how many, how, how soon are we talking here? Because um, I definitely need to get in shape. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you, we got some time. We'll give you some time to, to get after. First, okay. let me get some gear your way so you can start working out in the proper uni and then uh and then obviously you know we'll work out a time frame when you feel like you're up for it and i'll send a scout to evaluate your your skills my friend wow oh man don't fuck we, this up we went from we went from podcast uh childhood baseball and and dreams to getting ready to get scouted for the yankees in one podcast and people say podcasts are boring not boring bro it's not boring changing your life <laughs> you think you got what it takes you're an athlete. Um, I think if I if I actually put my mind to it, I think I I could uh, at least be decent to watch. You won't embarrass yourself. Yeah, at least decent to watch for sure. Well, like on, are they saying like on these dating apps? You know, I like which I don't do, but uh, <laughs> but 
swipe what's well, like swipe right if you want if you like somebody swipe left if you don't so our scout could swipe right or left depending on what they see it was like he's good or he's no good man i just got compared to a dating app it's like it's like i'm out there i'm like yo you swiping right <laughs> swiping left <laughs> are you gonna film this i mean you're a social media guy you're gonna put it on youtube will that be allowed is there cameras allowed in this tryout or what um i don't know i mean I guess that's kind of up to them and the yeah. scouts. Like, could be good if, content. If I were gonna do it, I would definitely uh, make sure that I was good enough to not embarrass <laughs> myself on camera. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I don't know. It's crazy. I'm gonna I might have to hit up uh, Derek Derek Jeter for some tips here on in many avenues. Yeah, he'd be a good one to hit up. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> well, Brian. Um, it was a pleasure having you on here today. I, I'm a little starstruck right now. I, I lost my, my train of thought and my words after that. Um, so, Tom, is there anything, is there any last questions you have to ask? No, really. Well, Brian, thank you for being on. Do you have anything to promote? You're sitting here on a Friday night, 7 o'clock at night in your, you know, Yankees office, spending your time with us for some reason. What can we do for you? Are you promoting anything other than the Yankees? Do you have any projects you're working on? Anything? Uh. No, I mean, I, I have a, a charity. The next, my next big charitable adventure is, uh, is our executive sleep at I'm on a board of directors for Covenant House International. So I, uh, I'll be sleeping out on November 9th. So covenanthouse.org. If anybody wants to sponsor my sleep out, that's where I'm at. So I'll be sleeping out on the streets. Uh, you know, we usually do it on the streets of Manhattan, but this year we have to go virtual. So I'll be sleeping here at Yankee Stadium. Um, but anyway, we do it to raise uh, awareness uh, and uh, money for our uh, I think 19 homeless shelters here in North America. So, wow, it's great. We'll put the link in the description. Everybody, go yeah. check it out. Um, yeah, we'll definitely put that on there. Uh, like I, I said, Ryan, thank you so much for for coming in. I uh, I accept your challenge. I'm gonna I'm gonna start training now. Probably go outside, do some push ups, and get some hacks in. <laughs> <laughs> get the It'll fungo, like get the fungo bat out. Yep. <laughs> you got to like Rocky Balboa and start drinking those uh those eggs in the morning with right raw eggs right in the glass and just like the movie well here's here's the first step that's right i'm going towards it um but yeah great episode and uh thank you for all the insiders on on the yankees i i can't believe that you know growing up now i'm here talking about it so big time all professional right, well, athlete griffin that's johnson right. that's right on the way on the way stay tuned <laughs> all right well give me the address to send you that yankee swag and uh we look forward to taking the next step and seeing what you got Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Thanks Talk for your time. Soon. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Peace.